All right, we're live. Well, not really live. We're, oh, we're going. We're fake live. Okay. We were going to do it live, but we had some issues. But we're rolling now. I think this is episode 44. For the Angels. So, somewhere in there. But, um, yeah, we were going to do it live, but we had some technical difficulties. But that's what it's all about is, like, stomping out fires and problems because, like, the first problem was this camera wasn't working. Yeah. And then once we finally got that to work for some mysterious reason by changing the frame rate and turning it off and back on a couple of times, then that started not working. Yeah. Also, uh, I haven't explained how to use this thing, but we're just going to keep going. So in order to switch angles, you have to first hit it one time and then another time to. Okay. Or, or I guess you could use the buttons too. So but yeah, you can do clicks. buttons or. Clicks. So it's like a T buttons or touchscreen. Got it. So you can tee it up and then confirm. Yeah. So you can like get ready to time it. And time it. Yep. All right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we got this new uh Atomos Atom cast, but we're not too sure if we want to keep it or not, because we already had those issues that Mike discussed and we have a few projects coming up that we're gonna need to be a hundred percent sure. A little more dialed. <laughs> But this is honestly pretty dope. Like, our podcast, the last, like, three episodes have gotten the most views out of our whole podcast life. <laughs> Still not a lot of views. You know, we went from, like, I think the last one, like, 30 or 40 views or something like that. Yeah. But still, it's just cool to just put in, add the video component because even, like, you posted a clip on your TikTok, and that was super dope to just kind of, like open the conversation like that's one of the cool things about clipping is it opens a conversation on that specific topic because yeah, your yeah. tiktok has its own comment section that's just about that video so it's like the comment section on the whole podcast people could talk about you know anything that we talk about over the next hour but like when you clip it on your tiktok <laughs> it's gone uh, that's pretty much it's pretty much the end of it okay well i have a couple notes we can start rolling into this but because this is the first it. podcast we've done since you've been back from new york indeed truman's been doing some things like there's a i feel like a bit we can maybe start the episode with like a little bit of a catch-up okay casual just kind of so, talking about what we've been up to since the last episode because yeah, we also yeah. missed last week yeah so let's start with adam where were you out in on the east coast for um i was out there for my sister's wedding um it was up in maine and uh we procrastinated just way too long getting our tickets i heard uh, maine was the main state on the east coast dude it's actually very beautiful <laughs> i'm pretty surprised like uh, i don't know like i always thought i wanted to live in oregon but um maine is like the east coast version of oregon i feel yeah because like. it's like mm -hmm. on the same uh wavelength longitude right <laughs> longitude's the one going long ways right i think it's and latitude yeah latitude's up oh, yeah, but it's like if you look at maybe the maybe country, just ladder basically on the same yeah we yeah, what year was it that we went to maine like 2017 or something yeah, 17 so it, and I'm wearing my sloppy fingerboard. I know, bro. I like noticed when we were at the gas station. I was like, "This is exactly why we need to be doing more merch because tr you're wearing the slappy merch like five years later, yeah. and it's even doper." 
Yeah. You know, like. It's like so faded. Because that's like literally a one of two. Maybe there's like. But this, you got to get a switch (laughs) my angle on this one. This logo is dope. I mean, it just says slappy, but it's a skateboard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of my early design work. Show the back real quick. Oh, yeah. I love how it's also like a simplified version of the bigger graphic, the one on the front. Like, it still has the slappy, but it doesn't yeah. have the whole hand. And on the, the upside front. down piece. Upside down piece <laughs> on. For the fingerboard. Yeah. Head of the curve. Slappy was a whole phase. But, yeah, let's not get too sidetracked. But so, yeah. just making other merch. <laughs> like, something that I really like the idea of is like merch around events. Yeah. Like, because it captures that, that event, whether it's like a concert, a tour, like tour merch. I feel like is like the the biggest inspo I want to bring into our like graphic apparel is like make it like tour merch like type of vibe yeah. like some shit. Have you ever seen Trippy Red's merch on his website? He's got so much. I was surprised. Like most artists will have just like maybe a couple of shirts and a hoodie or whatever, and he had like a whole collection. Cause I saw him on an interview and he was wearing this hoodie with a hood that had like horns on it, and it was one of his designs. And it's just like. That's the vibe to just, like, be dripped out in all of the shit that you designed. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you also went to New York? Yeah, so waited too long to get tickets, airline tickets to go to... uh, Oh, if we, like, would have flown into Maine, it was going to be, like, $900 (laughs) round trip for each of us. Yeah. So we ended up, finding some, <laughs> ended up finding some pretty good um, prices to fly into JFK. Um, so we ended up staying Just there. Just fucking kidding. <laughs> ended up staying I'm there. I'm on one right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got to catch up. Uh, we went there for Kylie's birthday first. And then train took a train up to Maine for the wedding. Train to Maine. Back down to New York. How long so we're rapping right now. Is that what's happening? How long was that train ride? Um, so it was a train to Boston and then a bus from Boston to Maine, but the train, I want to say was five hours Hmm. and then the, the bus was like an hour and four minutes. Nice. Dude, when I was like living in Lancaster, there was a bus called the, I forget what it, what it was even called, but it was like this bus that was like from Philly to... 30th Street Station in New York, mm-hmm. and it was like 15 bucks for a ticket. Wow. And it was like, it was pretty nice because you could get, you could ride the Amtrak from Lancaster Station to Philly, and then get off there, take the bus up to New York, and then vice versa back. But it was like, the train station in Lancaster was like 15 minutes from my parents' house. Wow, so it was like, that's awesome. But I, I honestly didn't leverage that as much as I should have growing up. Like, I really only did that for that one trip that I met Brian Donovan on. That's how I got up there because I took the train wow. and the bus. But that's crazy. And how old were you when when you first met Brian Donovan? Twenty two. Twenty two in twenty twenty two. No, this was 2015, 16, so, early twenty sixteen, um, or was this in twenty fifteen? I think it was twenty fifteen or early like January twenty sixteen. Yeah. And then it was like summer of 2016 when you got thrown into Founders. Yeah, August. Yeah, so end of summer. Because I remember I went out to Founders for like a couple weeks 
before you were out there. And then I left back to Utah. And during that time is when you came out. Why? Well, it was kind of funny because you came out there uh, like first, then went back. And I went out there first just for like a one day. I like followed Brian and Rob Fajardo around Manhattan, like Gary V style. Like, so I made him a vlog. Damn. And then I like left that next day or that same night. And then when I was back in PA, that's when all you guys came out for good. And then I came out for good. Yeah. Like it was like once we come out flip flop. And then that was the beginning of the end. Yeah. The end of the world. <laughs> but what was it like being in New York again? Like, cause the last time that you were there was like a few years ago. Right. Yeah. I haven't been back to New York. I don't think I've been in to the city since I was taking Kylie in to meet my dad there. What time frame was that? That was when you guys were in Utah for Halloween. Oh, like 2016. 2016. Oh, yeah. I think I was there. Like, Mike and Ashley went back, but I, I stayed. Mm-hmm. And that oh, was and when the, Kylie Oh, and then Kylie out. came out. Okay, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, so Kylie was living with me and Cal, and then Cal went back to Utah. So Kylie was staying with me for, like, 10 days or something. And this was at the founder's house, not the Boost Mobile. No, I think it was the Boost Mobile. No, it was the Boost Mobile. It was so crazy. Yeah. You brought her to the Boost Mobile. That's how you know it's real. She's a real one. She's been to the Boost Mobile. (laughs) Honestly, like, it was the craziest thing because I remember we saw the new house a bunch. Like, we knew that we were going to be moving in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We were like checking in on a regular basis Dude. like what's the progress on that new place yep we're trying to get out of the boost mobile and we ended up moving into the new house the night that you guys got back from new york which was the night that she left mm. yeah so we were in the boost mobile store for the last 10 days that we were there it was me and Kyle. wow that was an experience like because there was a period where just living in the living room was me, Ashley, and you with staggered air mattresses shoved into this fucking corner. And Shaq. And Shaq across in the same living room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dude, that, that I, was crazy. I slept over one time there, and I don't know why I did that. Like, <laughs> did so, you have an air mattress or something? Or I don't even you know. On? You guys might have had oh, an no. extra one you or something. You slept on the table because you didn't want to sleep on the floor. I remember this. Well, I remember, I did that when we first moved into that place before we had any air mattresses or anything. But it was one time we were going into the city, and I think you drove, and then you Mm. didn't want to leave and just go hit the road at like 2 a.m. or something, and so you spent the night there. Before going back to PA. I want to say you slept on the table, too. Yeah. I think that maybe, did you sleep on the table when it was up? Yeah. Oh, I think yeah, I, mine I was up. on the, like, I dropped the legs. Oh, that I would be that... smarter. I was like, my legs are dangling <laughs> off, laying on it up, because I don't want to be on the floor. And then it was six months of $8 air mattresses from that point. Well, well, the $8 one didn't. First, we had a bigger one when Ashley was still out there. And I remember there was, like, the smallest hole in it. So, mm-hmm. like, every morning at, like, 4 a.m., we wake up, like, sucked into the middle because it's, like, been deflating. And we have to get up, and it's just horrible. 
<laughs> it was horrible. I was living in luxury because I it was close enough that I could bring a mattress. Yeah, a twin, little twin. Yeah. So, um, also, did you guys, I don't know if you guys heard about this Segway. So, uh, apparently, Starbucks is going to be launching their first NFT. But this is all, they haven't officially announced it yet. I saw, like, in a TikTok that Starbucks was going to make a coffee-themed, the first coffee-type NFT that connects with their reward system and their members somehow with the digital wallet. Um, And so I, like, Googled it to try and find out. um, And now the link is gone, so I have to pull it back up. Starbucks NFT. I Googled it to kind of see, like, if this is legit or if it's just, like, something that people just kind of said. And there's a TechCrunch article that came out August 3rd, 2022. And it says, Starbucks to unveil its Web3-based rewards program next month. So they're having like an investor day on September 13th, which is apparently where they're going to announce this NFT potentially. And somehow it's going to connect with your Starbucks account, it seems, and give you rewards. So it's interesting because they haven't really talked about what exactly it's going to be. Like Starbucks hasn't officially like made their statement yet but like what's really interesting about like this time frame with nfts is in the bigger picture of things these are like all the first nfts yeah you know like starbucks's first nft if they were to do more over the next 20 years this will always be the first nft however there is a chance they take like a mass market approach to the nft where it's like everyone has an NFT with their Starbucks account and it's not like a collectible. Like, I don't know if there's going to be some sort of character profile picture art attached to it or, but it said it was going to be like coffee themed and then it said it's going to connect with their membership program. Interesting. Kind of interesting because there's been a few other NFT projects like, um, Nickelodeon did an NFT. There's like their first Nickelodeon NFT that was like Rugrats and Hey Arnold. And they're going for like 90s nostalgia maybe with the NFTs. Because there's this company that's been creating, I, I think it's called Reflector or I can't remember the name of the company. But first they created, they partnered up with Care Bears and did a Care Bear NFT. Then they partnered up with Nickelodeon and did this Nickelodeon NFT. And also in the Nickelodeon NFT, they have this like a slime NFT. Mm. And if you collect 10 slime NFTs, then you can get this special. They'll fly you out to Orlando and slime you? No, you get this special like mixed NFT that's like more exclusive than the others in the collection. Mm. That's like mixing a Rugrats and a Hey Arnold character or something. I'm still a little confused, but you have to collect the slime NFT. But also what's interesting is like, if you just hop on OpenSea and look at the top NFT collections or like the ones that anybody knows about, like Bored Ape or whatever, they're like $10,000 minimum floor price. The floor price just means the cheapest one in the collection. How much are they going for? Like, how... It's not the most expensive or what's, which, what's the hype ones it's sold, but like 
what's the cheapest NFT in the collection determines the floor price. And like the Bored Apes, the floor price is over $100,000. So the cheapest one, if you want a Bored Ape, is at least $100,000. But with this Nickelodeon NFT collection, you, the, uh, the floor price on some of them is like 40 bucks. And then also the same company just launched a Hello Kitty NFT collection too, where some of them are going for thousands of dollars and then the floor price on some of the less relevant characters are 40, 50 bucks. And that's the second, that's like the, the official collection sold out. Yeah. So the floor price is determined by the secondhand market, not by the company. The company sold out all the NFTs and, but they make royalties as it gets more trendy. So they want it to get bigger. So like there's been a trend of even NFTs that are free to mint, where if you're there early enough and part of the community, you can mint a NFT for free, but there's still a fixed number of them. There's still only 5,000 total, but you can mint it for free. Then after the market just kind of decides based on how much hype, supply, and demand, yeah. how much the floor price goes to. But like the Hello Kitty one, the Nickelodeon one, all of them sold out. But then it's like you watch them on OpenSea is like the Craigslist for NFTs. Yeah. Like it's where anybody can it, – where it's also super fishy because there's like a lot of scammy collections on OpenSea where if you don't know what you're looking for – is it'll be like Bored Apes Volume One, and they're like three D generated and like yeah. totally uh, not affiliated with the Bored Apes. But yeah, we were talking about NFTs the other day, and because um, we're in like a weird place with NFTs, yeah, where pretty much anyone who wasn't interested before is for sure not interested right now. Like the only people that are talking about NFTs are the ones that are really in it. And like everything, like the NFT market has been essentially like dead since all the crypto crashing and all that, all that shit. But I'm curious of your guys' input on the NFT space in general. Like, I think it's think? all a scam. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they say 98% of them are going to zero. Um, I like the ones with, uh, like, utility in the sense of, like, access to a community. I think that's, that's what I can see the most. Because similar to, like, what Adam was talking about yesterday, it's, like, the art component is kind of, like, a little weird, like, from my perspective at the it's moment. It's more volatile. Yeah. But, like... Because the value is so subjective that it's sometimes a little bit like, which that's what art is. It's so subjective, but like. But digital art is, <clears throat> brings us into that gray area. Yeah. And so like I can see like how NFT can have value. Like I think it's Rolls Royce has like a community, like aside from NFTs, they have a community that like if you buy Rolls Royce, you get access to this community of other members that own that car. And like there's exclusive like retreats and things that you can go to um, by just owning that car. And so it's kind of like once you have that Rolls Royce key, like a physical car key, it's kind of like your key into that community. Mm. And I think that 
people that are doing that with NFTs right now, it's kind of like a really smart way of uh, just adding more verification to that. Because, I mean, I'm sure that Rolls Royce... Making them more exclusive communities. Like, yeah. But, like, like, let's say that, like, I borrowed a Rolls Royce key from someone and I tried to go to one of those events. Like, maybe, I don't know, maybe I could sneak my way in. But, like, if they had to verify me on the blockchain that that was my actual key, you know, then it would be a little bit more harder, a lot, like, more, more verification for me to get in there. That makes sense. Yeah, but. there's there's also kind of like layers to these access NFTs. Like I've noticed with like Gary V's approach to making NFTs, he has a VCon specific NFT that just gives you access to VCon 2022. Just that, <clears throat> just that year specifically, I think. Yeah. But then even after the event, like people can still go buy that VCon 2022 NFT, even though it already happened. Because it, it's a collectible on the blockchain. Who knows if that's going to be worth any fucking money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then his other NFTs, like the V Friends, like I don't think you can't use those for the same utility. So like I feel like multiple NFTs within the same collection is a super, in or even like different characters within the same collection, where it's like, like uh, the MV3 NFT, there's like five or six different characters that rank in different exclusivities. And it's like, uh, my common homie is still in the main group chat, but then there's even another private channel in the discord just for the, uh, trap time traveling character that I don't have yeah. that connects e them even closer within that community. So but what is talked about in these group chats? Um, it's like, live updates of people talk like for example when they were doing like the character reveal people are sharing their characters um i don't participate in the group chats as much because i don't i haven't been to any of the physical events because there's people in there that like are homies that have known each other that are part of the project so they'll do like announcements or progress updates on the whole project, like a roadmap that says, you know, what the next things are going on that they're not necessarily posting publicly. Or like they were uh, revealing characters before they were publicly revealed just to the community. So like private exclusive content kind of gives me like Patreon vibes too a little bit. Well, I would also like, I think another, like, I think that, Adam, what you're getting at, and I see, it's, like, what, where's the value at? Like, what, is it just, like, casual conversations or whatever it is, you know? But I feel like, like, let's say Sandlot, like, if they had a community that was, like, a, you, needed, you needed an NFT access pass to get into it, it's, like, the value of being inside that community is that you're going to get access to exclusive investment deals that wouldn't be accessed in the general world, you know? And in order to get in there, you have to be, you have to buy that pass on OpenSea, and you can also sell your pass too. Yeah. But like. However, I think also it's like that's only one quality trait that an NFT could have is like the community thing, and like even just thinking of digital products in general. Like when I was younger, I remember my older brother Gabe was playing this computer game. I can't remember what it's called. It's like a, a shooter type game. Um, Counter Strike. 
no, not Counter Strike. It's one of those. I'm totally blanking on it right now. But in the game, Portal. this was before NFTs or anything, and there's digital collectibles. And I remember when Gabe was 14 and I was like 11 or 12, and he made 500 bucks mm. off of selling those digital wow. collectibles. And that's not even with uh, NFT attached. That's just within that game specific community. And same with like Fortnite skins. Like kids will buy accounts that have certain skins just to get that skin. And it's all about like the, the ultimate question, can digital products have tangible value? Uh, is kind of like the question up for debate that we've also <clears throat> kind of been talking about. Um, I can see that too. Like I played this game called Lord of the Rings Online a mm-hmm. lot, which is like World of Warcraft, but like uh, more Lord of the Rings styled. And there's a complete like uh, economic like systems within that game because there's so many people that play that that like uh, kind of like economic like systems kind of naturally develop and in that game there was like an auction house that you could sell items back and forth and like the rare items would be the most expensive and things like that but also and like in that game the currency was like gold silver and copper and you could buy uh, gold in the game uh, through online websites with uh, US dollars Mm. and I did that one time and it, it just, like, was kind of mind-blowing that, like, someone just kind of, like, farmed, like, a bunch of gold in that game and then sent it to my character in exchange for real money outside of the game. And so you could essentially, if you were, like, really good and had, like, a lot of time and stuff to do it, you could, like, kind of make a living by just playing that game. And, like, we see that with uh, Axie Infinity. Yeah, like, the NFT game project. Yeah, like... And I think that that's like NFT gaming and NFTs. I feel like is that that's another aspect that really convinced me on F- on NFTs lane. because of my history with playing those games. Yeah, and that was also one of the reasons why Vit- Vitalik started Ethereum was that he was playing World of Warcraft and he like had a like he come he came face to face with that question of like what if Blizzard, which is a development company mm-hmm. behind World of Warcraft, what if Blizzard just decided to like ban my account or like shut down the game or stop making updates like where's all this hard work gonna go like all these items that i was just grinding out for yeah like is there any inherent value in that outside of the game you know and so i see it like really clearly on the gaming side of things like as long as there's someone else who sees that value in that digital thing whether it's like gold that you can use in the game as long as there's someone else who can see that value and agree on a price to purchase it, then I think a, a digital product can for sure have real-world okay. value. Okay, but this is where I'm, I'm getting lost. Let's hear So, using your example, um, you know, the gold in the game, you can get by effort in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's why someone would want to pay for gold is because... Right. It's less effort they have to put out. Mm-hmm. So, like in a NFT, like I don't know, like I, I can see how the like those items you're talking about have value because you paying for them with money 
allows you to get those items now without having to put in the work online to get them. Mm-hmm. I don't, I just, I don't know. That like, kind of confuses me how that can relate to these. Like that, like, how does that relate to NFTs, you know? Yeah, like, you're not going to earn your way into, like, one of these group chats by liking all their tweets or something. So you're not, like, bypassing effort. With money? Like, just because you have money to... Yeah, like, like, the reason that those, you know, skins or items in the old-fashioned game... Um, oh, wow. um that's like a reason that they had so much value was because it's effort you don't have to put in anymore like you can just pay for a magic sword or something yeah but you're not gonna get a better outfit on your nft by like working a lot online or something so i feel like the digital gold example is more so not something to use that to understand how NFT works, because NFTs are way more broad than that, but it's more so to understand how something Digital. that's not real can have real world value. But that's just one type of example of how something not, because even like uh, in Fortnite, they have V-Bucks and skins, and you, ha- you can buy V-Bucks for real world cash, and then you buy those digital skins, not even on a secondhand marketplace, not even NFT, it doesn't even leave the game, but just what an NFT does, is it takes that ability to the next level, makes it more safe and but secure just... so that you can like take your skin into a different game. It doesn't have like if Fort like what the Vitalik example, if you have all these skins and Fortnite goes down, you just lose all that money that you invested in those skins. Whereas if they were to make it an NFT, they would be helping the community by them being able to take that digital asset out of the game if they wanted to. But it's like Games haven't quite incorporated that yet. Like, you can't do that in Fortnite. There's not games where you can use your NFTs cross, like how we're talking. Yeah. Because we're kind of, like, still so early. Like game, They're still developing these games currently that can interact with NFTs aside from a handful of projects like the Axie Infinity one. Mm-hmm. I feel like same with Fortnite. You can get V-Bucks by just playing the game. So you you pay sort for the V bucks. You pay for the V bucks if there's like an item you want that you don't have the money for because you spent it before or you haven't earned enough. And you could go and grind the next forty eight hours on Fortnite and get the V bucks you need, or you could pay five dollars. You're paying those five dollars to avoid the time. That makes sense. The value because the work was put in to get those V bucks. So there's two, there, you're, like, there has to be two different ways to get the V-Bucks, well, like a free way and then a way to pay for it. I just see why people would pay for that online because it's giving them like extra of what they're doing without having to work for it as much. Because it gives them value within Fortnite as a game. Yeah. So but like, whereas with NFTs that aren't in a game, it doesn't necessarily give you value in real life. It's just a digital collectible. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. So I, guess I, get, it, I definitely yeah. understand that perspective. Because um, also it's like the world of collectibles is so weird. And like 
Like, even just, like, physical collectibles. Like, one of my favorite shows. Guess. Pawn Stars? Yep, Pawn Stars. I love watching Pawn Stars. The Bachelorette? Because it's just, like, <laughs> it's pretty, it's, like, easy to understand, oh, if this is a one of two pistol from 1500 in this great condition, it's going to be worth a million dollars. If this is some uh, packaging for a 1990s video game that's ripped and shit, it might be worth $100 because it's way less rare. And they're always bringing all these different collectibles, but it's in, in a physical market. Whereas I feel like that same, those same types of collectors are now uh, transitioning into digital collectibles as well, using NFTs. Like I was watching an interview with the artist Alec Monopoly. Yeah. And um, I figured out my problem. I've been trying to figure this out for so Let's long. Spill it. Okay. So any collectible has value, whether it's vintage or new, like Jordan's coming out now. There's value because there's a limited number of ability that n limited number that have the ability to be made. Limited supply. Yeah. So like, you know how much number is going to come out of a certain number of shoes. And you know, like, there is a physical number of shoes that could be made in the world. There's a limit where you're not going to have any more cows to make the leather. If you're just making as many shoes as possible. Mm -hmm. So that creates the inherent value, even if it's only $40, it's still a limited, a certain value because of the cost of the materials. Yeah, so like, Board Ape could right now release, re-release every single NFT that they've ever released with like a red dot in the corner. Every single image. They would be shooting themselves in the foot. Well, exactly. But like, that. there's nothing stopping anybody from making any more. Like you could just make unlimited amounts and flood the market. I think other, what stop, the only thing stopping them is like their word. And that's why, like, trust has to play a huge part in an NFT project. Like, you have to trust that the Bored Ape founders aren't just going to flood the market because that's going to make your NFT tank. Like, they, they say, oh, this is limited to 10,000 when they launch the collection, and every single NFT is unique and will never be recreated again. So that's their word that we have to trust. And if they break their word, which could happen, there have been crypto fails. <clears throat> People lose hundreds of thousands, yeah. millions of dollars. That's what happens when, and no, no ship is too big to sink. Board apes could still, some, something could happen. Who knows what mm -hmm. that could make that tank. So there's more risk. So like relating this to like Jordans, like the Jordan ones. Oh yeah. Like when they do a re-release of the ones, they'll the, do like the 2012 version and then the 2016 and it makes the older ones slightly drop in value mm -hmm. because there's more in the market, more bred ones. Yeah. Cause like my thing is like they, Nike could tomorrow just be like, we're going to start making bred ones and they're going to be available at every foot locker, every, yep. you know, and so the, and that would pretty much drop the value of like the exclusivity of that shoe. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so not completely, but it would majorly because there still would be a level of exclusivity to the OG ones. Like if you get a pair of Jordan ones from 1985, they're way more rare and way more expensive just because 
you had to have keep kept them in such pristine condition and most of them are just break they don't last that long and so they're just not around so it makes it way more rare but then again like if the jordan if the bread one got played out everyone was wearing it and people in general just got sick of it then that whole shoe in general would lose a whole bunch of value or same yeah. with like yeezys when they when adidas came out with the nmds it was kind of like the mass market version of a yeezy that you could get more affordably but now yeezys don't resell how they did in 2016. Yeah. In 2016, if you wanted some 350s or some 750s, you're talking $2,000 or so. Like, they were so hyped up. And then in 2022, I just bought my Yeezys for under retail. So less than what they were listed for at market. Just because it was like a colorway that people necessarily weren't a fan of. But me, I don't, I'm not buying it for the resale value. I'm just buying it because I like that shoe. I like Kanye. I'm like, let me get some of these. Yeah. But those are all factors to consider when you're like Got creating it. demand. Okay, that's, that's, that's great. So that aspect that you just said of being like, I'm not buying these because they have value. I'm buying them because I like them. Uh-huh. I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand how anyone would do that with NFTs. Because um, like, cause like the best, the most you're going to get out of it is a hexagon on your Twitter profile picture. Like, not necessarily. You could get a lot of money out of it. Well, but, yeah, I think he, but if you're saying without he, ignoring the value. Mm-hmm. But it, it, you could like, like it, it from an art perspective. Well, like that's, that, what I, that's what Like I, as a collectible. The Mishimi or whatever. The Takashi Mirakami clone X. No, but see, that's the thing. Those, those have no value for anything besides the fact that his name is tied to it. Well, and the art. Like well, that but, it's like a high quality art. Like he's an artist, right? So, every, like, when he makes art, he's creating a product to be sold, and it's just about how limited is the supply. Normally, you want Takashi Murakami hand-painted something. It's like a one-of-one. One. That's going to be worth mm-hmm. a ton of money. But then with this collection, they're still individually one-of-one, one, but part of, like, a, a but breed if, that but has if I, if I held, so. like, a board of, like, a, like 10 by 10 of them across the room, you, like, wouldn't be able to point them out which one's which. Like from afar but if you, know. you look at the details there's a whole bunch of variety they even have different dna that affects like how the like more character traits to the to the nft so are nfts supposed to be like a character or like an image no some it, things are not characters it's, yeah it's not necessarily those are just one specific like the one of the common is the profile picture type of project. But like, I feel like in five years, there, there will be types of NFTs that we don't even know about right now. Got that, it. So I think it could be super interesting use cases. So I think that's the thing that I was trying to uh, like figure out how to explain yesterday. Um, art, like I'm saying, like it has to be like beautiful or like aesthetically pleasing or something. I don't feel like that's the right way to describe it. But the way that you said it of being like, oh, even if I couldn't resell that for more money, I would buy that because I really like it. Mm-hmm. It seems like that's not really happening in the NFT world, I, unless it's someone. I'm that's, not gonna lie, I've done it. I bought into the hype. Um, well, unless it's someone that's famous for making real art. Well, like the Nickelodeon NFT 
Well, Nickelodeon is famous for making real art. Uh-huh. Like, it's a big... Well, but if I were to find an independent artist, and I just really like them, and I, I'm like, I believe in this artist long-term... But that's because you see the value increasing. Um, but, like, if you just came across one on OpenSea that was, like, $500, and it was really pretty... You'd have to want to buy it. For sure. So it'd have to have some sort of value to yourself personally. Well, that's, in terms of like your relationship with that art, like why yeah. it connects with you. The same reason why you would want to like hang up something in your house, but you just can't hang this up. That's why I feel like NFTs aren't art because if you just wanted to hang that up, you wouldn't have to buy the NFT. Uh, well, NFTs are like the next wave yeah. of. Carly, what do you think about NFTs? <laughs> she said no comment <laughs> like nft art and digital art is just another genre of art just like street art is a different genre of art you know street art was breaking out of that traditional art world mold and saying fuck it let's just put this shit on buildings but look at banksy that street art has major value to it and then now this is just a different type of art so it's not it's like not all NFTs are art. Not all art is NFTs, but NFTs can be art. There are art collections that don't have any utility or anything like that. And it's just literally so you can say, look, I have a Beeple. Yeah. Just to flex for that social clout. It's like almost the same reason why you would want to have an AP on your wrist versus a Rolex. Because you know that AP is worth 10 times more than Rolex. Or a Rolex versus a movement watch. Because you have that. It's like a status symbol. Mm-hmm. Because isn't also like a Picasso painting a status symbol to an extent? Or like having a high value piece of art in your home. Like you may have it just because you like that art. But also you want, you put it up because you want other people to see that you have this piece of art. You wouldn't just put it in your closet and say, I got this Picasso, but no one knows. Well, exactly. That's what I feel like everyone's doing with their NFTs right now. Because what are you going to do with it? Everyone's buying them and then just putting them in their closet, essentially a digital closet. I feel like that's kind of like the investor mindset too. Like there's different mindsets going into NFTs there. I feel like there's a whole bunch of people that are strictly interested in the financial side of just like, I don't give a fuck about the community. Mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, they care about making sure that the product's going to make them money. So if that means that it's got hype from being a collab with the artist or whatever, but, um, like the, the clone X NFTs, those, originally sold by clone x for like 0.05 ethereum which is like 50 bucks that means anyone in the public if you were there at the start you would be able to get it for like 50 bucks and now the floor price is ten thousand dollars for on the resale market so that wasn't clone x that said you have to buy this for ten thousand that's just if you want to buy it from the same reason why yeezys went up so much in 2016 because you had to buy them on StockX or you had to buy them at flight club you couldn't buy them from the yeezy website they're sold out there you have to buy them from someone who already has them and then the price is determined based on you know how many people want that thing the floor pro, pro, the floor price for the clone x is 6.8 eth and in usd how much is that um i don't know 
So what also, yeah, a lot of these NFTs too are like planting seeds for their future where like the full use hasn't come out. And with that clone X NFT, they just released a clone X fashion line that only the clone X holders <clears throat> can buy the NFT shoes or the NFT clothes for their mm. NFT. And then they're going to have a game. $10,000 for the, for what? For one of these $10,000 for the clothing or the, Oh yeah. For the clone X. Yeah. You want to hold that up to the camera soon? Right. We'll show them one of the ones. I have a couple that I really like. (laughs) (laughs) You can even rank it from price high to low and go to some of the hyped up ones. $10,000. Here, how do I I view it? Because also you have to keep in mind, just because the NFT is selling for like 666 Ethereum doesn't mean that's what it's worth. It's just like, same with like KSL. I could throw this microphone and say $10,000. Yeah. You know, they could be doing that just so that their NFT pops up at the top when right. someone ranks it from high to low. Yeah. And then it gets that NFT more likes on their thing. But usually I like to rank it through the buy now and then price low to high. Uh, but the high to low. Um, so if you look at every single one of these NFTs has different accessories as well that contribute to the rarity. Because if you go under the properties of the NFT, it'll say... have the visor sunglasses or 0.001% have this hat. It's like, oh, that's super, super rare. If you got that homie, he's the only one that has this. He's way more rare. Um, Or the skin tone or, oh, this one, this homie, 300 ETH, half a million dollars. And the property has like uh, blue hair. Let's see, where is it? A flower hat that Honestly. is one of Mirakami's like <laughs> uh, symbols. Uh-huh. I don't know if I can if you can show that. Like, have you seen those pillows that are the the flower pillow? That's really big. Mike, you have the tightest shot. You hold it up. Can you see it's in focus? Four hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars, people. Again, that doesn't mean. So you can also list it from like which are recently sold, so yeah. you can see how much are they actually selling for. Um. But so like, what is that? What is that? What is the utility? It's like, does this get you? It's the, uh, well, I, so they're going to have a game in the future, but I, the game's not done yet. It also gives you early access to their future projects that they do. So like the, cl- the Clonex clothing NFT collection that they did, the Clonex holders are the ones that get access to that. I can't just buy okay. any of that. So the, uh, the really big thing that's happening, I feel like in gaming right now, is getting rid of these pay-to-win games. So, like, a lot of these new games, like Tony Hawk, you know, uh, Pro Skater 4 that's coming out, like, the thing that's making everyone so excited is you can unlock all the content in the whole entire game by playing the game. You don't have to pay for anything. Oh, like, yeah. except for the game itself or whatever, you know. But, like, like that was a big problem with uh, EA, that a lot of there is like you have to buy, you have to pay real money, not in-game currency that you could earn, real money to get like this one sports team's jersey, you know. Mm. And like that has been like a big problem that people get upset about. And it's yeah. transitioning so far away from that to the point where there's not much games that like you can get an advantage by paying anymore, I feel like. 
Because, I mean, even, like, sometimes the advantage is a psychological advantage. Like, when you're playing Fortnite and you got a default character because you didn't buy the battle pass and you see and some Darth, homie, Darth, Darth Vader. Vader, pull up, <laughs> you're like, oh, shit. But it's, like, not like he has any extra strength from other characters. It's just, like, a social thing. It's, like, the social mm -hmm. symbol. Oh, that's so funny because I like to go to the default skin. That's so then also you a can thing wipe too. people and they're like, what? This, who is this guy? Like, nah, I would just be getting wiped like some cheeks. Um, so, okay. We don't want to talk all about NFTs because also we probably have about uh, 10 more minutes that we're staying on track. Um, oh, my gosh. But it's the NFT podcast, boys. There's this show <laughs> that I started watching called Severance that is fucked up. If you want to watch a show What's that it about? is fucked up. Who's in it? <laughs> it's on Apple TV, and it's like a really, really high-quality show. It's directed by Ben Stiller, and the main actor is that dude from Parks and er, – Arrested Development. Uh, or I think Jason he's in Arrested Development. No, it's not Jason Bateman. He looks like Jason Bateman, though. Maybe he's not on Arrested Development. Jason Obama. Sudeikis. It's like Adam – not Adam Driver, because that's the dude from that one. But, um, oh, is it the guy from Workaholics? No, no, no. Oh, no, I mean, it's uh, Adam Scott. Adam Scott. What was he in Arrested Development? No, he was in Parks He's and Rec. He's in Parks and Rec. Oh, Parks and Rec. With ben Wyatt. Oh, yeah. okay. So, okay, so just a, I've only watched the first episode. Uh, my homie Joe Jenkins told me about it because he knows Shout the kind of content Joe. I like. Shout out Joe Jenkins. And essentially what Severance is in this, like, dystopian world is a job that you can choose to have a surgery done on your brain that makes it so that as soon as you get to work, you don't remember the working, you split into two personalities. And there's one version of you that's always working and the other version doesn't know about it because of the surgery. And then as soon as you're done working, you're back in your normal character and you, you don't know what happened while you were working and your worker doesn't know what happened when you are out in the real world. And so it's one character, two different vibes, because also it shows like the controversy in, there's like a, it's like a political conversation of whether it's ethical to do the severance procedure, because when you put the homie in there, their whole life is at that work. It's like a prison because mm -hmm. they never leave. It's for the, it's a good thing for the one homie who doesn't want to work. Because he just goes in there, and then it's as if he walks in the elevator and walks out, and he's done. He didn't have to do the work. He just gets paid. But then the other homie only snaps into it once he starts working, and then wow. is stuck in there. So it creates this ethical dilemma. So I'm super excited to kind of see. It's kind of like a creepy. It's not like jump scary, but mm -hmm. it's like they're like slowly they're withholding information and then slowly giving you bits and pieces of like, why he would make this decision to do this, even though most people would agree that it's like unethical. Yeah. Unless you're like at a really desperate point in your life where you're like, fuck it, man. Like you went through like some crazy trauma where you're like, I just want to escape life for eight hours of the day and just get paid and not have to be there. And um, it kind of like was just like making me like just think about ideas of simulation theory with this concept of severance, mm -hmm. you know, because it's like Mormons call it the veil of forgetfulness. Yeah. You know, as soon as you pop out the vag, you don't remember. And then as we get older, our memories decay. And like, we only 
have so many memories. Like our, our memory is like one of our most limited parts of our brain. You know, most humans don't have a very uh, crazy memory capacity. And um, super interesting concept of like, what if there was an ability to have a procedure where you would forget? Because in the show, it showed this woman who just like, comes to consciousness she's in this room there's a pa system on the table and a homie talking through the pa system and he's like i'm gonna ask you a couple questions and she's like he's like what's your name she's like i don't know he's like what color are your mom's eyes she's like i don't know she's like what state are you from she doesn't know anything and then as she realizes that she doesn't know anything she's like what is going on starts freaking out going crazy and then eventually they have to show her a videotape of her before having the procedure. Mm -hmm. That's her saying, I fully consent to this. Meanwhile, the other version of her that's trapped in there is like, literally like, am I in hell? Is this what hell is like? Working or she's in like, cubicle. yeah, am I cattle? Am I live cattle? Yeah. And it's just like crazy concept. I think, um, Sorry to change the subject. So quick. Okay, all right. <laughs> end with, I mean, it's, it's on the same track. I was going to end with a question to you guys. Of, would you do Neuralink? Kind of on that same wave of like a surgery that will alter your interaction with reality. Um, I would say just off the bat, no. The first generation I wouldn't do. I'd have to wait to see. Because I also know there's other tech. Yeah. Like, I was seeing this video of these augmented reality contact lenses that they're developing. That they're actually, they've been developing for like the last five years and are making progress on like an actual contact lens. So it's like, I feel like there's going to be other ways to get more merged with computers as humans to be more of like a cyber, cyborg yeah. without being drilled into your brain. But also like, shit, the first adopters may rule the world. Cause they got that edge of being first of that, like being able to have that instant connection of thought to whatever, to computer, like they wouldn't have to write anything. They could like think of, they could like think of a essay and then the Neuralink would write it down for them and they wouldn't have to physically write it. Okay. What about, or they could text a this? friend without even texting it. So Neuralink, the original idea is for people that have like, uh, Paralysis of, right. you know, any kind or whatever. Uh -huh. People that need it. Um, so technically it can control your body by activating uh -huh. the nerves in your mind to make your legs walk in certain muscles at a certain time or whatever. Yeah. So there's pros and cons to that. Okay. Uh, so you oh, could yeah. set it in the nighttime for your brain to go into sleep mode, but your body to go into cleaning the house mode. Oh. So it all kind of comes back to that idea. Of, but of severance you could like programming your body they could program your body to do whatever you want and you or like while you're sleeping, as your you're consciousness like couldn't out. stop it <laughs> like if they programmed you to go attack somebody or if you got like hacked your neural yeah. the neuralink system mm -hmm. was infiltrated or if, it was, if it was all originally designed to be nefarious like it could just make every single person into it that has it into a soldier who just goes out and attacks people because they can't stop their body because it's controlling their nerves. Turns yeah. out we're already at that point. We have no free will. We're being controlled by something else in another dimension. And uh, we don't have... Wake up. Wake up. Well, wake there's, up. there's also that Black Mirror episode 
where the homie has the contacts that record everything throughout the day and they they use that against him like yeah. legally where it's like yeah you don't even have you don't have a, it's like an invasion of privacy right. right like they can tap into your memories and say fuck you adam we know that you fucking did this that's kind of also yeah, a creepy how would, thought. You how know? would that work for like trials, like in a court system? Well, imagine every single human has that too. Mm-hmm. There Cameras would probably everywhere. be no trials, I feel like, because all of trials is like one word against another. And yeah, it's like, how well can you build up a case with evidence and convince the jury that one side over another? So if everyone had a 4K streaming service in their eyes that was streaming to the cloud all the time, evidence would be there for everything yeah, all the be time. no... Do you think that would cause people to not do crime? Because it's like, Safer. I would love to. Well, then we're getting into like Chinese government territory. I know. Where they got cameras, fake face tracking, everything. I wonder if um, like everyone having like those cameras on their doors has had any impact on crime going down. Because I would guess so. I would say so. I would just love to see that if there's any stats on that. Yeah. You know, like any data. That's super interesting. Like, if there is more, like, just if there's, if you feel like there's more cameras around, you know, I feel like that would just make you behave, you know? And that, like, yeah. it definitely gets in a weird territory of, like, uh, Big Brother vibes. Yeah, Big Brother, you know? But, like, on a local level, you know? We went I, like, from 1984 to 2024. Okay, hear me out, though. If we lived in a world where drugs, were decriminalized and legal, safe regulated. You go get whatever you wanted and explained how to do it safely. Mm-hmm. And we had some sort of universal basic income so no one needed money to survive. What what crimes would there be? I mean, that, yeah. Like, like that aren't bad. Violent crimes? Those were all bad. Like well, wait, oh that like aren't all bad. like the, the reason we're all like worried all at all about Big Brother is because of all of the weird things that are crimes in, in this country. Like Yeah, like weed being illegal in Utah. Exactly. Like there's a million things that if it was just more common sense laws about everything, the only people that would be worried were the people that are dangerous criminals. Which yeah. would be a good thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all about how much do we trust the government though is the question. Like the laws and the future laws, not even the like where the laws are going. Which I feel like the laws are uh, getting better. Like the state of like weed laws over the last ten years. Yeah. You having fun? <laughs> you you good? <laughs> it's good we're not live. Just kidding. Just kidding. Okay, so I just want to, before we wrap it up, because it's 4 o'clock, let me just get a tweet out of you. <laughs> well, I got hacked. <laughs> oh, Trumi got hacked. <laughs> Adam, we're going to read one of your tweets. <laughs> oh, no. Well, are all my tweets still there? Or did they delete oh, my whole... Wait, so you're telling me that it wasn't you that asked me for my crypto wallet information in my DMs. Did I send any DMs? And also, it's funny because the person that hacked you, the profile picture... Is an NFT. Well, you did send me this, uh, but I think this actually was you, July 19th. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, it's a Clonex NFT. Oh, and it also oh, says account suspended. Yeah. You need to get that shit back, bro. 
I don't even know what to do about make, it. Well, you could make a new account, maybe. Shoot. Change your password. All right, let me see. I'm going to go to Adam's real We quick. need a button that says, explain that tweet. Tweet, 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 tweet. Okay. Bro. It's like a two that one. It's like a two minute like reel. Alright, uh, Adam, what did you mean by this? Salsa is far and away the best dish you can make out of fresh vegetables. Like no comparison. I M O. Like, honestly, how is that shit healthy? It tastes like a spicy little bit of heaven. So what'd you mean by that? Um, I feel like that's probably the one tweet you could have taken out of my roster that needs the absolute least amount of explanation of any of the tweets I've ever tweeted in my I've life. I've been drinking salsa lately, so I just resonated no, with that. No, but me and Kylie made a nice fat batch from our garden. Oh, yeah, you've been on that fresh salsa wave. It's, I don't feel like there's another thing made out of just, like, vegetables that's that tasty. Like, you don't cook it, so yeah. it's not like a sauce or anything. Like yeah. It's just fresh vegetables, like Greek salad. Even that has like cheese in it, or like regular, dressing regular salad. Stuff. You know, like there's not anything else that's as good as salsa. Mm-hmm. I feel like the thing I like about your Twitter is like you share hot takes, and that's good for the podcast. Some of them are gnarly. Some people are so fucking stupid. <laughs> Quote. <laughs> what did you? What inspired this tweet? Who Fair. cut you off that day? What, what, uh, what, what's the date and time on that one? Eight three twenty two, and then right after you oh, said, "Oh, I was literally if in you New have York babies, City. don't." <laughs> <laughs> you were in New York when you tweeted that. <laughs> okay, eight three. That's literally the first day that we were there. Wow, um, that makes sense. Like you're traveling. There's so many stupid people when you're traveling. Okay, the babies one was literally landed on the runway, and we land early, so we have to sit away from our gate for 20 minutes mm-hmm. and there's just a baby that's just screaming oh, the whole time man. and it's not like doing any like wails and like oh, coming down it's just like ah, and it i'm like how is he not breathing like it's just a scream <laughs> and everyone is there at 6 a.m after flying he's doing that night. wim hoff breathing Dude, my guy is it was tripping on dmt opening his pineal glands right it now. was insane but the other one, <laughs> the people are fucking dumb. Yeah. That's about people when you're walking somewhere in public and you need to stop, look at your phone, stretch, whatever, and you just are walking Bro. and you just stop where you are. Bro, yeah. you I was don't in, get out of the way. You just stop. I was oh, doing yeah. an Instacart order in Saratoga Springs <laughs> yeah. the other day and at Costco. And it's like lit hours of Costco in Saratoga Springs. You know, it's like... Not quite Orem Costco, but it's it's up there. Yeah. And homie's pushing his cart, and he stops in the middle of the aisle and gets his little treat from the samples. And just and, leaves And he's his over cart. there just like, yeah, this is really good. Where was that at again? And, like, just starting up conversation, there's, like, 15 people behind me that oh are, like, my gosh. you know, like, there's literally no way to get around him. And so I'm just, like, moving his cart and stuff. It's, like, dude... That's where I'm like, you need to have some like common decency of like what you shouldn't and shouldn't be doing in public settings. Like you know? some etiquette. Yeah, etiquette. Like, yeah, that's, man, that's, I've dealt with that so much because like when I was Instacarting, my mindset in and out as fast as I can. I would like throw my headphones in and I'm like speed walking. I'm getting as close yeah. to jogging as I can <laughs> without and actually jogging. There were so many times I'm swinging by homies and they're like. 
watch where you're going. Or they say some shit. I'm just like, focused. <laughs> I ain't slowing down. But I would also get <laughs> so frustrated. Yeah, I used to, back at uh, Smith's when they had, like, during peak pandemic, when they had, like, arrows. Oh, like, my gosh. I, I never followed those. I got yelled at but for that, too. Every single time. I would do it. I would make it look like I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, even though I, I'm, like, there every day religiously for, like, six move? months. Yeah, I'm, like... <laughs> You're just looking at your phone trying to see. <laughs> I'm, like... I'm, like, I just, like... Or I'd, like, make it look like I'm just going, like, to this one spot, like, right here, like, right on the inside, and then I just, like, keep going. Oh, man. But it was, like... You I just because make sure no one's watching, yeah, and then you commit to it. Just disregarded all those... All right, this tweet is a banger. This can be the last one. Last one. Up, um, because this one just personally resonated with me, so I had to hit it with the retweet just barely. Um, it's just so hurt, hit home with me. Just This one just like really hurt, struck my heart. The metaverse is just Club Penguin for adults. What did, what did you mean by that? What did you mean okay. by that? Why did you tweet that? Because that's facts. Honestly, that's, it's, that's just that's all I see. Like I've seen videos of people playing, and Dude, I'm like yeah. – this is the worst even VR game that there is. Like, <laughs> this is trash. It's yeah. just, it's a cartoon world and cartoon people, and you walk around with limited Club. amounts of speech. Like, Club Penguin. Constantly checking the iceberg to see if the pirate had come. Homie, well, I can't remember his name. Bro, I literally was so into Club Penguin. I'm not going to lie. It was past my generation. It was right at my generation. Were you on Club Penguin? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Were you it a was, member? It was brutal. No. Because that was another smart thing. It's like if you wanted to dress your penguin up in clothing from the store, you could still get free things from events. Mm -hmm. But it's like you could always tell the bitch ass it was decked out in free shit. You know? <laughs> like the account. Okay, but Versus you know the certain items where it's like, yo, this homie got four puffles. But He's a member. His igloo. That's so funny. <laughs> I literally have the exact opposite perspective. Like, oh, look, Club Penguin. Well, looking back, it's like twenty bucks a month or something to be a member. Five I don't remember five bucks how much. a month. Do I play that thing for years? Same. Yeah. Like I would have cost my parents hundreds and hundreds of dollars on a on the on a game. You know, like. Yeah, I, I didn't have a. Mem I wasn't a member most of the time, and then I got my homies Club Penguin account, who used to be a member, but wasn't a member anymore, but was an OG account, so he had all these skins, nice. all these like shirts and shit, and Colonel 77, it was Colonel 77, but bro, that's literally like the foundation of the style of games that like the uh, Board Ape Yacht Club with the other side mm -hmm. is trying to create, or like if you like ready if you think of Ready Player One, it's just like a more detailed Club Penguin. <laughs> yeah. You're just squeaking over there? I think Truman's clock is ticking. I think it's almost Truman's bedtime. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, All right, well, this was a super chill podcast and a quickie for the boys. Indeed. But um, <clears throat> next, we'll get... next time we're going to try to figure out the live yeah, yeah. situation. Next one. So... Um, just to kind of remind everybody, kind of the flow, we want to try and drop these every Sunday yeah. as like a regular rhythm to get into. Dropping it on a Sunday. I feel like ideally Sunday mornings. Yeah. But sometimes it might take a little longer. But at least like I think if we could just set like that's like our goal just to hit yeah. one a week on Sundays and getting ahead like 
we're going to be in Vegas next week and or in a week and a half or so. Yeah. And got a few projects coming then up. Then we'll be in Philly. Then we'll be in Philly. Yeah. So some exciting podcasts coming and yeah, pretty much just check your boys out. Follow us on TikTok at Truman Mylan. Is it Truman J Mylan? Truman Mylan. At Truman Mylan. At Convos W Humans. Uh, it's just, I think it's Jesus. Convos. Or Convos oh with God. Humans. Oh my God. Oh yeah, and then also Mike's Matrix Volume 5 is coming out September 7th. That's coming up so, quick. I just want to just. It's a combo, Convos right with Humans. Combos with humans on TikTok. Yep. So, hope you guys enjoyed this chill, casual conversation. Drop some comments below for your boys and show some love. And we'll catch y'all on the flip. Catch y'all on the flip. Peace. Peace. <laughs>